0: Thanks so much, Claudette. It's today we celebrate the contribution of women to our society today. Well, uh, you, you haven't seen Lauren with me uh, so far preaching. It's such a privilege to be teaming here with my wife as together we try and tackle week four of this uh, citizen series as we look at what does it mean to be citizens of God in a consumer-centric world? What does it mean to be citizens of God in a world that is so captured by consumerism? I wonder, have you ever wondered uh, why it is that we buy so many things we don't need? How so often after buying them, the the promise that we thought that it would deliver to our lives, we're left feeling dissatisfied and underwhelmed, even regretting buying it altogether. Sometimes they end up collecting dust in our garages. Why is it that whenever our income tends to rise, our expenses quickly rise to match it. And, and it's not long after living in that new way of life where these things that we went without for so long that were kind of once have become our needs. I say in part it's because we live in a consumer world. We're gonna try and address some of these questions together today.
1: So there are going to be three parts to our message today, and uh, Luke's going to kick us off by looking at our consumer world and its traps for us as citizens. Then I'm going to be speaking to the aspect of citizenship that is particularly pertinent to consumerism. And then together, we're going to land by talking about how we can live as capital C citizens in our consumer world. So let's start by reading the scripture for today in Genesis 1, verse 26. and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so.
0: Let's pray together. Father, we come, we come before you and we ask that you would coach us in this moment. Lord, we wanna be your capital C citizens representing you in the midst of this cultural moment, this present age right now. And so Holy Spirit, would you come and coach us? Come and lead us, we pray, as we look at your word. We ask this now in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so as Lauren said, I'm going to start off by looking at our consumer world. And before we do that, I want to usher or issue, a few disclaimers, if you will. The first disclaimer is this, to be a consumer is not a bad thing. Uh, To be human is to be a consumer. We we read this in verse 29 and 30, where God said, I've given you uh, these good things for you to enjoy and for you to consume. And so I'm not so much knocking consumerism as an exclusively bad thing, as much as today, we want to speak about the balance between being a passive consumer versus an active contributor to the world and getting that balance Right in our world. We're not advocating minimalism, although there's much I think we could learn from the minimalist movement, but rather looking at this balance between uh, passive consumption and creative or active communication in the world. I also want to issue one more uh, disclaimer just to say at, at times I'm going to be speaking to uh, the way we consume goods and services and at times also the way we consume entertainment and media and I'm not going to be uh, delineating these two things and separating them out. We're going, to, we're going to kind of weave our way through both and so if you can be gracious enough to us as we do that, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun together as we unpack our world. The reality is that you and I live in a world that emphasizes so much on us as as individuals, on me and my wants and my needs and my, my desires. We're all kind of pursuing this version of the good life that awaits us. What's the good life, you ask? Well, well, the good life looks like what we see every day through thousands of advertisements that, that come our way, that describe it to us. We live with a daily economy where, where billions of rands and dollars are spent uh, trying to articulate and describe this good life for us. They, they do it through I mean, it's a really interesting way that this happens, uh, where, where companies literally try and capture our attention and hold our attention for just long enough for another company to come along and to market to us some or other version of the good life. I mean, I don't know if you've realized this. It's kind of strange to think, but we've become the product. We've become not just the client, we've become the product. We use these free apps that we we make use of. And these free apps uh, generate content that is engineered so as to capture our attention and to hold it. While others slip in these marketing ideas so as to, to sell us this vision of the good life. And these, these ads promote all sorts of things and experiences that promise to make us happy, that promise to, to fill our lives, uh, to, to, to lead us towards this vision of the good life. And the culmination is that we, we end up believing that all we need to do is to kind of imitate what we see on the TV, imitate what we see in lifestyle, lifestyle magazines and social media, believing that if we have this thing, if we can enjoy this experience, then our lives will be rich and full then we'll have it. And this inner void within us will be filled. And the result is that so much of our lives are spent in kind of passive consumption mode rather than uh, active contribution or creative contribution. And I think it's hurting us as human beings. I wanna take a look and try and dissect it a little bit further. The problem is that we spend so much time in, in passive consumption, which promises to deliver massive satisfaction but it doesn't because human beings need so much more. I wonder if you can take a look with me at a graph that tracks on the, on the one axis, we see satisfaction over time. And let's just take a look at this as a little illustration of what happens when we passively consume versus creatively contribute over time to our levels of satisfaction and enjoyment. Imagine I was to say to you, I want you to play me a song. I want you to play me a song. And there's two ways that you could do that, right? The first way you play me a song or you play yourself a song is by taking out your cell phone, uh, which has got a music app on it, or maybe taking out an iPod. And you take out this this, uh, device and you hit play. And what happens is instantly a song is played on there and we see our levels of satisfaction rise. As you hear the song, it's an awesome tune. You like it, it makes you feel good. Your levels instantly of satisfaction uh, rise and, and so you enjoy it. But then what happens is over time, you listen to that song again, we listen to that song again and again and again. What happens is over time, eventually you've heard that song enough. It's no longer new, it's no longer exciting. It becomes, what's the word? It becomes boring. And, and so we see that over time, In passive consumption, our level of satisfaction diminishes. There's diminishing returns when we're in passive consumption mode. And what you gotta do then is you gotta find and move on to the next song. But imagine I was to say to you, play me a song. And rather than hand you an iPod or a cell phone, I handed you a guitar now. Now you can't play the guitar I mean, just for illustration's sake, maybe some of you can, that's great. But imagine you can't play the guitar and I hand you this thing. And, uh, and initially what happens is this is very hard. It's frustrating. The strings on a guitar are hard and your fingers are soft and it hurts. And, uh, and you, your mind has an idea of what your fingers must do and they don't properly correlate. And so it, what, what you hope in your heart, it will sound like and what actually comes out of the guitar, they don't match up. And this is initially, it's frustrating. In fact, the instant gratification of, of playing in, in creative contributor mode is initially negative. It's, 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 it's frustrating and, and oftentimes disappointing. But here's the thing, you persist and you keep going and you keep trying. And eventually what happens over time is you learn some new things. And what you discover is that your levels of satisfaction and enjoyment, they rise over time. And eventually they even far surpass the levels of enjoyment and satisfaction that you ever would have received by just pressing play. You see, you and I were created for so much more this curve should worry us because if we're spending so much of our life in this mode, this curve looks like the curve of addiction where we're constantly trying to recover the same high that we initially had and experiencing diminishing turns, needing to look to more and more things to deliver it. We as human beings, yes, there's time for passive consumption, but it cannot be all that we're living for. It cannot take up the bulk of our lives. We're meant for so much more and we derive a greater satisfaction when we are creating and contributing to society. It's this pattern That that actually is constantly shaping us and forming us as human beings. It shapes us at a fundamental level. The very level of our identity, our sense of belonging, our our very loves and desires. We're constantly told, you need a clearer skin. You need whiter teeth, better shoes, a new PlayStation. That's what it's going to take. We're told, if you had this holiday then, and this is where our unique version of the good life comes in. If you had this holiday, then you'd be a closer family. Uh, then you'd be so much happier and be more fulfilled or, or then you'd be the great adventurer you long to be. But the, but, but the line is that we're always just one purchase away from happiness. And with it comes the constant disapproval of my own life because I'm aware each time of how my own life and my own experiences don't match up. Uh, there's There's this deep sense that I need more, that my life doesn't match up, that I'm missing out. And there's something I need that will, in a sense, complete me, if you will. And so we live with this low level angst and dissatisfaction where we're chasing for more. And can I tell you a secret? Some of the things, many of the things we're chasing are not even real. I mean, these days, authors are speaking about hyper-reality. Hyper-reality, that there's a gap between what this product says it will do and what it will actually do in our lives. I mean, the bottom line is no one's teeth are really that white. And that when, when, when he or she smiles, it doesn't really sparkle. But, but you've now got a new hyper-real reality to compare yours to. And so your sense of personal dissatisfaction with your own life increases. If I'm honest with you, I think it's even shaped the way we do church and the way we, uh, the way we worship and, and, and participate in our Christianity we can become consumers of faith and church. We're we're in the Disney story that Ryan so wonderfully articulated to us a few weeks ago, where where I'm the prince or the princess or the hero, uh, the main character of the story. Uh, Christianity then becomes about how I meet my faith needs, how I evaluate church according to what's in it for me and how much I can get out of it. And faith and church become just another commodity that I consume to complete my life. But we need to see today that fundamentally Christianity and and even church and our expression of Christianity and church cut against the values of this consumerism. I mean, Christianity is about different virtues altogether. The virtue of patience, the the virtues of self-control, the virtues of generosity and sacrifice and contentedness. And church, church thrives when we show up regularly, even when we don't feel like it, regularly, not for what we can get out of it, but for what we can give and can contribute to the body. And and ironically, that's how we end up getting the most out as well. And so the good news for us is there is another way. There's another way in church. There's another way in life as to how we can live. In the midst of all the pull and the pressure of the consumer world, God calls us to be capital C citizens, to live in an extraordinarily different way. And Lauren's gonna speak to us about how we can do that and what that looks like in a few moments.
1: So who are we as capital C citizens? Well, we are the people of God in the presence of God, filling the world with the likeness of God. So this is our big idea for the day. Let's recap what Genesis 1 tells us in verse 27 and 28 about us being citizens. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Have you ever wondered, What on earth am I here for? Well, this is it. This is what distinguishes human beings from the rest of God's good creation. It isn't true of mountain peaks and sunsets and even the most magnificent birds. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together made man in their image. They made human beings in their likeness. The Amplified Version says, with the same spiritual personality and moral likeness. Wow. So human beings are God's image-bearing creatures that he has placed in his world with a special calling. It's to order and fill it according to his very own likeness or nature of whose image we bear. Think about that for a moment. God created you and me and placed us in his world to order it and to fill it with his likeness. The original Greek word for dominion means to rule, to govern, to subdue or to have complete authority. Let's break it down. To order the world. When God created the garden, he said that it was good. But his work wasn't finished. All the ingredients were there. All the raw materials were there. But they needed to be shaped and structured. So that it could be filled. If it were a farm, we'd say the land is there. But it needs to be arranged and cultivated. Decisions need to be made about what crops belong where. What land needs to be plowed up so that it can be filled, filled with seeds and vines and wells. God created the world, but it's not a finished product world. The story in Genesis 1 starts in the garden and concludes in the book of Revelation in a city. And this is the the great progression that God always intended. In Paul's message two weeks ago in Hebrews 11, he spoke about this progression towards the great city our heavenly city. But how do we get from a garden in Genesis to a city in Revelation? Well, as my daughter Bethany answered when she overheard us asking this question, we'd take a taxi. But no, it's human beings, you and me as image bearers, ordering and filling the world with the likeness of God. We're ordering and filling it towards the great city where our capital C citizenship truly is. And all of this is to be done according to the likeness of God. That's why we're image bearers. So human beings as image bearers through being with God in the presence of God reflect the likeness of God to the world. And we reflect his nature in how we order and fill the earth. Now, this isn't new to many of us. In fact, we've probably read the scripture many times, but we don't need new answers. What we need is to allow this fundamental truth to shape our lives and how we live. And when we do this, we are being like our creator because God loves justice. So we should love justice, working to make sure that those under our care and influence experience that justice. God loves purity. So should we, as his image bearers, be seeking to honor him with our thoughts and with our motives and with our actions? As we reflect his likeness, we reflect his beauty and his goodness. We reflect his kindness and his radical grace as we offer our broken lives far from perfect to be restored and used by him. In all of these actions, we're filling the earth and ordering it according to God's likeness. All of our lives displaying the glory of God. This series so far has shown us how this has always been the call of God's citizens of heaven from the days of Abraham through Israel and now extending to all nations through the reconciling power of the cross. And we as the church through the empowering and indwelling presence of God as his restored image bearers. We continue this work of restoring uh, the image of God where it's lost in the world. We're working as a church to bring beauty out of brokenness with hearts that yearn for and actively seek out justice and those that are far from Jesus, which is why we need to talk about holiness next week. Because as citizens of heaven on earth, we don't reflect our culture. No, we reflect our king. Because we're the capital C citizens of God, his image bearers, we're going to be spending the next two weeks on justice. Because as his image bearers, we're filling the earth and ordering it according to his nature. And we do this actively, seeking out the places in our small C city where that image has been lost places of injustice and pain. And sometimes like Jesus, even to place ourselves in particular discomfort and risk to put the situations to right. So we're the people of God in the presence of God, filling the world with the likeness of God. And that's how we are effective image bearers when we're regularly in the presence of God. And if we're honest We don't always live out this calling as effective image bearers, do we? It's only when we're regularly spending time in God's presence, in his word, that we can reflect his likeness and his nature. I've got this so wrong at times, where I've worked so hard to display Jesus and to be like him and failed because I haven't been spending regular time in his presence. We need to work hard at our image bearing calling but we also need to prioritize spending time with him. We need to seek him, to see him, to allow the gospel to go to work in our hearts and then we will display him. We need to regularly be in the presence of God and then as the people of God, we give ourselves to the kinds of fruitful tending of the world that would cause the creator to say, behold, it is very good. If you do this, seeking to order and fill the world with the likeness of God in in your daily work, in paid and unpaid, maybe as architects, as teachers, designers, business owners, moms and dads, and in your volunteer time, in serving others. You are living as a capital C citizen. That's our calling and that's your calling. Okay, so now we've got a clear understanding of of our consumer world and our calling in life as capital C citizens. How then should we live? How do we navigate this trap? As Christians, we're called to give our lives to a different story. We're capital C citizens in the world, but not of the world. How then should we live? So given that we're people who live in the presence of God, we're going to land with four challenges that are going to help us live as capital C citizens in our consumer world.
0: So as Lauren said, four challenges. What's probably helpful for you to know is we actually, in compiling this message, came up with a bunch more that we've stuck into our life group guides. And so if you're going along to life group, there's a bunch of extra stuff there for you to chat through as well. But we wanted to land this one with four simple but hard-hitting challenges to put this into practice in our lives. And so I'll jump in with number one. And the first one is this, come to Jesus to reorientate your heart around him come to Jesus and reorientate your heart around Jesus. At the the most basic level, the reason consumerism is so hard to fight and the, the reason we're so vulnerable to it is that our lives have become curved inward on our souls. Rather than reflecting the glory and the wonder of the one in whose image we've been made, we've become captivated at cultivating our own image. And so until we're genuinely satisfied with Jesus... We're always going to be vulnerable to the pulls of consumerism until Jesus genuinely becomes the most beautiful and precious preoccupation of our souls. We're always going to be drawn like a magnet towards the pull of consumerism. In fact, so much of consumerism and so much of our consumering, our, consumering, our consuming, is about a distraction because we don't want to face the reality of our lives. We don't want to face sometimes the emptiness of our hearts, the very fears that we carry and the insecurities. And so much easier than, as Blaise Pascal said all those years ago, uh, we, we struggle to just sit in a room simply by ourselves. Much rather than doing that, we reach for a series. We reach for something to distract us and to preoccupy us. And I want to put to you today, the only way to truly see consumerism find its appropriate place in your life is to be captivated by one that is so much greater than any product or any experience or any service we could ever find, and that's Christ. And so it's when we put Him in His proper place in our lives, reorientating our hearts around Him, that all these other things find their appropriate place. And so the first point is reorientate your heart around the person of Jesus.
1: Okay, and secondly, seek to live your life as a contributor who consumes rather than a consumer who contributes. As capital C citizens of our heavenly city deployed here in this moment, we should steward our current moment well. Realize that everything you have is a gift from God for you to steward in your great calling. This great calling is lived out in the unique context of our lives as we steward what God has given us right now. So right now, God has given me the ability to think, uh, to teach and to sing, but that could all change tomorrow in a sudden accident or illness. Thank God that it's, it's only small sea circumstances. If that were to happen, God would still be God and his people would still have a mission in this world. I would still be an image bearer and a part of this local church, scratching my head to see how I could contribute and in new ways and still be part of God's great restoration of the world. Maybe your income has changed during COVID and man, I am truly sorry. But can I remind you of this, that God is still God and you are still an image bearer. And there is meaning and purpose as you go on to live your life, filling the earth with his likeness in the new small C circumstances of your life.
0: What a helpful provoke. The third challenge I want to put to us today is to be a thoughtful consumer. To be a thoughtful consumer. As capital C citizens of heaven, we need to give some real thought to the things that we consume while away from home in our small c citizenship lives. And so obviously we start by thinking, how do we live with less waste and recycle and those, those sorts of things as well? But, but I think probably the bigger challenges uh, we're learning as a family is how to do some more research into the way in which the way we consume is shaping uh, the world by filling the earth and ordering the earth. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I mean, you think for instance, when, when we as, as human beings get a new fixation with a particular product, a new industry is born, another one shuts down. And then simultaneously, maybe new factories are are launched and others shut down. And then new families are relocated, all because we are consuming a different product. And so uh, uh, you don't often think about that when you purchase your product and take it home. And so we should think about the way in which what we buy and what we do with our lives is shaping the world by filling it and ordering it. These things matter. I know it's hard and sometimes it means spending more time researching, but we need to be thinking about the way in which we allocate our budgets and how that is shaping the world for better, making it more like heaven on earth or for worse.
1: And then fourthly, actively live out the great commitment by serving and caring for your local church community. You see, consumerism is making us more and more disconnected from community and genuine relationships as people. And and not just during this period of lockdown. As a generation, we have valued arm's length, social media, friends over real life-changing relationships. The thing is that image-bearing is a team sport. No one can restore the image of a Trinitarian God alone. Only a people can do it. And in order to break the power of individualism, we need to sow our time, our talents, and our treasure into our local church family. By doing this, we value people. We take time to grow, to serve one another, to share and worship in ways that resist consumerism and discontentment. This image-restoring calling comes with and requires a new family, the church. As we love one another and experience the presence of God corporately in worship and prayer, we together reflect the person and the presence of God into the world. If you're not yet a Christ follower or new to church, this is what being part of a church family is all about. And you see, the church as a family is especially for those who, in the twists and turns of a broken world, have lost their human family widows, orphans, refugees, and strangers. Exactly the kind of people that are often forgotten in our individualistic world. Here, we together as a family of brothers and sisters, fellow image bearers, restored to God, discovering our new identity in Him. Together, we are filling the world with the likeness of our Father. In our current season of um, online church. We're having to seek out new and acceptable ways of being contributors as Luke spoke about in our church family, rather than passive consumers. It's so tempting during lockdown in our Sunday meetings to, to treat them as, as another episode on Netflix that we're just consuming. What do you need to do to help you to dial in and participate in worship and pray and in connecting with your church family? This will be different for everyone, but we all need to find ways to lean in in this season and discover what contributing looks like for each one of us.
0: Okay, so thank you so much, Lauren. Four things to leave us as a challenge. As I break the rules a little bit here, I'm gonna step through this amazing scene. And it just so happens that there's a guitar right behind me as a symbol of our Capital C citizenship, to be the people, the people of God who give themselves actively to to answering the question, not not how do I get the most out of this world, but how do I fill it? How do I order it in the most beautiful, creative way so that our world looks more like the world that God originally had in mind? The world that God put into our hearts as his uh, kingdom image bearers. How do we make it more on earth like it is in heaven? by giving ourselves to this. And we do that four ways. We reorientate our hearts around Jesus. Nothing else, no one else could satisfy us the way in which Christ can. We seek to live our lives as contributors who consume, not consumers with a side of contributing in the world. We're gonna be those people who are more thoughtful about what we consume. And then we actively live out the great commitment as we resolve to be the people of God. Spending time in the people of God, in the presence of God, as we drink in from the one in whose image we're made and then go out into the world and reflect the very nature of God. I'd love to pray for us as we take up these four challenges. Let's pray together in our homes, on our screens. Let's put our faith towards Jesus to kickstart a fresh work in our lives. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we are image bearers. We're in your image. You bestowed upon us the greatest gift, the most incredible calling in a world that would try and like lull us, would try and thrum us and um, to, to settle for passive consumerism. God, raise our gaze. God, give us a fresh, inspiring commission right now God would you Holy Spirit right now in our homes Holy Spirit would you put your finger on just habits and practices in our lives things that need to right now from this moment begin changing we recognize as image bearers we're not on our own but you Holy Spirit you coach us and you lead us would you do that right now in our homes would you put fresh faith in us to come at life in a new way To understand our true calling is to fill the earth and to order the earth according to your likeness. Amen.